Genesis chapter 22, this morning I would like to speak to you for a few moments on the subject of Abraham's tests of faith. All of us go through different times in our life when we experience tests in our life, and Abraham certainly did. The first 2,000 years of human history are covered in the first 11 chapters of the Bible. Over 20 generations are spoken of in those 11 chapters. But then, starting with chapter 12, all the way through the end of the book of Genesis, through chapter 50, 38 chapters are given to the story of Abraham and his descendants. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, the great-grandson of Abraham. And then, all the rest of the Old Testament deals with the history of the people that came from Abraham and from his descendants. Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 2 tells us that Israel should look unto Abraham your father. Romans chapter 4 and verse 1 calls all that are justified by faith the sons of Abraham. Here in chapter 22 of Genesis, Abraham faces the greatest test or the greatest trial of his life. And this chapter, this 22nd chapter, is probably the highest peak of the Old Testament. From the top of Mount Moriah, we can see God's plan for the entire ages. We know that this test in Genesis chapter 22, where Abraham is commanded by God to offer up his only son as a sacrifice there on the mountain, this is the highlight in the life of Abraham. This is the foundation of the Old Testament where God speaks to us all the way back in the Old Testament about salvation and about our salvation. In Genesis chapter 22 here and then in chapter 23 and chapter 24, in those three chapters, God reveals to us all of His plan for all of the ages. In Genesis 22, He talks about a son sacrificed. And every analogy in that 22nd chapter is an analogy of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross for our salvation. In chapter 23 of Genesis, he deals with Sarah being set aside, the death of Sarah, the mother of the nation of Israel. And every analogy in that chapter deals with God setting aside the Jewish people and veiling their hearts and then giving the gospel to the Gentiles. And then in chapter 24, the great servant Abraham is sent out to secure a bride for the waiting son. And in that chapter, we have the entire New Testament age where we live today as the servant pictures the Holy Spirit moving upon our hearts throughout this earth to seek a bride for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these three chapters reveal to us the very mind of God. There, as Abraham goes up on top of that mountain in chapter 22 to make this great sacrifice, This truly can be called the test of Abraham with reference to his faith. His test with reference to his faith. Now I want you to look at verse number 1 in chapter 22. And it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. That word tempt there is the word for test. I want you to keep your finger there in Genesis 22 and go back with me to almost to the end of your Bible, to the book of James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, the Bible talks about our testings that we face in our life. 
And I, notice, I want you to notice what God says there, because I want you to understand that this word tempt, God did tempt, he's talking about not tempting Abraham to do evil, but testing Abraham. The devil tempts us to bring the worst out of us. God tests us to bring the best out of us. And in James chapter 1, it says, James, verse number 1, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ of the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, what's the next word? Temptations. Now, that word temptations is the same word that's used back in, in uh, Genesis, obviously the Greek here and Hebrew in the Old Testament. He's talking about testings that we go through. How do we know that? Look at verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, that's why we know he's talking about testing. The trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God uses te tests in our life to mature us, to develop us, to perfect us, so that we can be mature in Him. Look at verse 13 of the same chapter, James 1 verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. So when God is talking about testing or tempting and uses the word tempting here, it's what we think of as testing. God is testing Abraham to mature him, to develop him, to bring out the best in him. Now after saying all that about chapter 22, I'm not going to preach on that chapter this morning, all right? I want to kind of lay a foundation. But I want you to look at the first phrase in verse number 1. He says, and it came to pass, what's the next three words? After these things. It came to pass after these things. God's getting ready to take Abraham up on the mount and to ask him to offer his son as a sacrifice. Of course, we know the whole story. God, the angel stopped him. God stopped him and didn't let him take the life of his son. But it's the greatest temptation or test in the life of Abraham. And before God took him there, God did some things to get him ready for that great test. And so, so he says, after these things, God did tempt or test Abraham. So what are the things that God did to get Abraham ready for this major test in his life? How is it that Abraham, on top of that mountain, could see God's plan for all of the ages? How is it that Abraham became the man who is called the, the father of faith? How is it that he receives the largest commendation in the chapter Hebrews chapter 11 that talks about the faithful men and women of God? How long did it take him to climb this mountain, to get there, to that place in his life? It's probably about 58 years after Abraham was called out in faith that he passed this great test that God put him through. This is not the first test that Abraham would deal with and face. In fact, it is the seventh test that is recorded for us in the Bible about Abraham. So after these things in verse number 1, refers to the first six tests that Abraham has already gone through. After these first six tests, God takes him to the greatest test in his entire life. You see, our faith as Christians will always be tested. 
God tests your faith and God tests my faith. Write this down somewhere, and it's in your notes there on the back of the bulletin. A faith that is not tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. You see, God tests our faith in order that we can understand that we can trust our faith. The greatest trials that come to you and to me, and I hope you'll not miss this, the greatest trials that we will face in our life will come from the hand of Almighty God Himself. He'll take us through those trials. Just like Jesus, when He put the disciples in the boat, and He commanded them to go to the other side. But in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, they experienced a great storm. God gave Abraham a command here, but we understand that God was with him, and God helped him through that test just like he did all of the other tests that were before that. And God was directly here dealing with the man of God. He's testing this man. He's getting him ready to go through another test in his life after these things. I want you to look with me this morning at several of these tests. We won't get through all of them. In fact, there's only three of them I put on the bulletin. We might not get through all of those. We'll see how our time goes. But there's six of them that we'll eventually cover. But God gave these tests to show us that our faith grows as we walk with God. See, when we get saved, we're just baby Christians. Amen? Peter said, as newborn Babes desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. When we're first saved, we're baby Christians. But as we walk with God, we grow in the Lord and God develops us. And so God wants us to know that our walk with Him grows in faith. And then also He gives us these tests to show us that if we fail one test, it does not mean that our walk with God is over. Because we're going to see that Abraham passed some tests with flying colors, but there are other tests that he failed miserably. And I would hasten to say that every one of us here have failed some tests along the way, haven't we? And there have been other tests that we've passed with flying colors. So we need to understand that as God takes us through the tests of life to mature and develop us, we may have some failures, but that's not the end of the story. God will bring us through those tests to develop and to mature us, to be all that he wants us to be. The man who was the father of our faith, Abraham, was a man who occasionally failed a test. And yet he went on with God, and he became known as the father of faith. So let's look at this first test that Abraham went through, first one that we want to look at today. Go back a few pages from Genesis 22 to Genesis chapter 11. The first test that I want us to look at is Abraham's test with reference to his family. His test with reference to his family. And here God is testing the fervor of his faith. God is testing the fervor of Abraham's faith. Look at chapter 11 with me in verse number 31. Genesis 11 verse 31. And Terah, that's Abraham's father, Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go up into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. So they're going from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan. Verse 32, And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Chapter 12, look at verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, 
Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now, listen to that verse for a minute. It says, now the Lord had said. In other words, God has already told Abraham that he is to leave the land of his kindred and of his family, his father's house, and he's to go unto a land that I will show thee. God didn't tell him where he was gone. He said, I will show you. You know, sometimes in our life, God calls us to do things, and he doesn't tell us the whole picture, does he? He doesn't give us the whole whole instructions, all the instructions. He says, go, and we go, and then he reveals to us what he wants us to do. So he says, I will show you. He had already told him, and he says, I'll show you, verse number two. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now God had given to Abraham an order, a command. He said to Abraham, I want you to pack up. I want you to leave where you live. Leave your kindred, your family, your relatives. And I want you to go to a new land. I'll show you where that is when you get there. I'll reveal to you this walk of faith day by day, and step by step. Many of us can look back over our lives. I can remember some of the things in my own life. I remember when God, when I, when I first responded to God's call to preach as a teenager. I didn't know back then what I would be doing today. God didn't reveal to me all the things that He wanted me to do when He called me to preach. But He called me. And God may not reveal to you everything along the journey But he calls us to follow him and to walk with him and to live for him. And so God revealed day by day, step by step. And he said, Abraham, one of these days I'm going to make of thee a great nation. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in you. All the people of the world who have accepted Christ as their Savior have been blessed by the faith of Abraham. Now here's the question God's asking. In the early part of Abraham's life, God was asking Abraham, Abraham, do you love God more than your kindred and your family and the country where you live? Do you love me more? What would he do when he was tested in this area of packing up and leaving home and leaving relatives and family and going to a place that God had called him to? In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37, it says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What was Abraham's response? God said, pack up, move, leave. The ties of nature hindered Abraham from immediately responding to God. And in chapter 12 and verse 1, we read there in Genesis, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He said, I want you to pack up. I want you to leave. I want you to go to the land of Canaan. And yet Abraham didn't leave all of his kindred. He took his father with him. And though his father, Terah, is the authority figure in the family, it says in Genesis 11 and verse 31, if you back up a couple of verses... It says, and Terah took Abram. Kind of sounds like it switched around. Terah took Abram, his son, 
and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his son Abram's wife. And they went forth from Er of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. The father took Abram. The command was to Abraham. Abraham was to leave. And he comes down to Haran, and he delayed his going to Canaan for three years. Because he couldn't cut ties with an elderly father, he was waiting for his father to pass away. And his father did pass away. Verse 32 says the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. He did what God told him to do, but the natural ties said, wait a while, wait a while. Look back at verse chapter number 12 and look at verse number 4. It says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So now his father dies. Now he departs out of Haran. Verse 5, Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. What's Abraham's reasoning in this first great test with reference to his family? God said, leave your kindred, leave your home. That includes your relatives. And Abraham had no children at this time. And it was common in that day for a man, if he did not have an heir, if he didn't have a child to become his heir, that if his brother had a son, he would take his brother's oldest son and make him heir. He would, in other words, bless the oldest son of his brother with all of his possessions and so forth. And so Abraham is still reasoning with a traditional mind. He's not really stepping out and fully following the Lord. God said, leave Lot. And Abraham's thinking was, maybe God didn't completely mean that. Maybe God meant it was all right for me to follow the traditions of my father and take my, my brother's son, take Lot along with me so that I can leave my inheritance and be a blessing to Lot. After all, God had promised to give Abraham great blessings and his seed was going to be multiplied. And Abraham's 75 years old and he doesn't have a child yet. So he would do the traditional thing. He would take Lot along with him. In other words, already back here, he's thinking of ways that he can fulfill God's promise in his own effort and in his own ways. He could leave all of these blessings that God promised him to Lot. Be careful about human reasoning when it comes to the commands of God. There may be a test that comes to you in your life with reference to your family. You must always obey the higher authority. And the higher authority is God. I know of parents that have kept their, their children, their young people, from the mission field. I know of parents that kept young men from going into the ministry because they had plans for their son to follow in their steps and carry on their business or carry on their occupation or vocation. Many times fathers plan for their children to succeed in everything that they failed at. Remember that God is the highest authority. God tested Abraham with reference to his family, and Abraham delayed. He didn't immediately obey the Lord, and he took Lot with him. We know from later passages of Scripture that taking Lot with him created a lot of problems for him. 
But remember, he did go. He did go. He did go in faith. He did go to a place that God was calling him to, though he didn't know exactly where it was. Hebrews chapter 11 says, He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he did go. He, he passed the test, but I don't think I'd give him an A plus on this one, would you? He kind of had some struggles along the way. Now, I don't have time to go into it, but I do want to add this. The story in Luke chapter 8 talks about the maniac of Gadara. And God heals that man and makes him whole again. And when he's healed, he wants to follow the Lord. And the Lord said to that man in Luke 8, 38 and 39, he said, you go back to your home. And basically he was telling him, I want you to go back home and live for me there so your family can see the change in your life and your family can come and know the Lord Jesus. And I add that just to say this. There are times when God calls us to leave our family there are times when God calls us to stay. The important thing is you and I must hear the voice of God and know what God wants us to do in our life. And the test may be testing to go. The test may be testing to stay. But God will test us in our life with reference to our family. How will we do in this test in our life? There's a second test that is given to us in chapter 12 of Genesis. And that's the test, Abraham's test with reference to his food. His test with reference to his food. Here God is testing the sufficiency of his faith. The sufficiency of his faith. Look at Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 10. It says, God's called him, as you know, in chapter uh, beginning of chapter 12 and the end of chapter 11, to go from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan. But look at verse 10. And there was a, what's the next word? Famine in the land. God calls him to go to Canaan, but guess what? There's a famine there. It's not the best place to move your family. And Abram went down into, what's the next word? Egypt. Now notice it says he went down into Egypt. Whenever you go away from the will of God, you always go down. He went down into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land. God sent Abraham to Canaan. And when he gets right to the border of Canaan, I imagine there were some people there that said to him, Abraham, you're not going in there, are you? And he says, yes, God's called me to go there. Oh, they say, but there's a terrible famine in the land. If you take your family down there and all these people with you down there to Canaan, they're going to starve to death, Abraham. There's not enough food for the people that are there already. That's surely not enough food to feed anybody else to bring along with you. And so Abraham turns aside to go down into Egypt instead of go to Canaan. There's at least 15 famines in the Bible. God sends famine for two reasons. First of all, he sends a famine to test us. God sends famines to test us. God was testing the sufficiency of Abraham's faith. Did Abraham believe that God would take care of his physical needs where God called him? And that's a big test for us. If God calls you, we have a little saying, where God guides, God always provides. 
If God calls you to do something, God will always provide for you what you need to do that. If God calls you to go off to a Christian college, young people, do you believe God can pay your bills? Do you believe God can provide a way so that you can do that? If God calls you to the mission field, can God furnish the food and can God furnish the finances and can God furnish the things that you'll need for that ministry? God oftentimes sends the lack of provision or famine in our, in our lives to test us. Sometimes God will send a famine even of the Word of God. We'll struggle as we read God's Word sometimes, and we're not getting anything out of it, and, and all seems to go dark, and, and it's almost like God withdraws the influence of the Holy Spirit in our life, and, and He just draws us back a little bit to let us know how difficult it is to get along without God. We sometimes feel dejected, and we wonder, God, where are you, and what's happening in my life, and what's going on? And sometimes I believe God backs up a little bit in our lives to get us to need Him more. Not that we really need Him anymore, but that we understand we need Him. We have a greater desire. He creates in our soul a famine that makes us hungry. Hungry for the Word of God. And I believe that we need to be hungry for God's Word. Amen? We need to be hungry for the Word of God. We need to be hungry for the work of God. We need to be hungry for the will of God. Sometimes God brings famine to test us. Second reason God sends, sends famine is to teach us. Sometimes God sends us famine to teach us. God wanted Abraham to march right on down into Canaan so God could prove to Abraham that it doesn't matter if there's a famine there or not, I will feed you and I'll take care of your famine or I'll take care of your family if you'll follow me and do what I want you to do. But the Bible says in verse number 10, if you look back there again, chapter 12, verse 10, it says there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt. Notice these next three words, to sojourn there. The word sojourn means to bide his time. He went down into Egypt just to, just to let the time pass till the famine got better, and then he could go up to Canaan. Sometimes in our lives as Christians, if we aren't careful, we're just biding our time. I hope your life's not like that. I'm looking forward to the Lord coming back. Amen? Amen? But I'm not just biding my time until He comes back. Amen? I want to stay busy for the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. I want to fulfill what He has, His will. I don't want to just be marking time to get to, to the point where Jesus comes back. And so sometimes we're like Abraham. We're just sojourning. He went down to Egypt till things got better. When you fail this test with reference to God providing your food and meeting your financial needs, you'll always go into Egypt for a little while. Back in the world until things get better. Egypt in the Bible is a picture of the world. We'll go back into the world until things get better. Abraham miserably failed this test, didn't he? He went down into Canaan, down into Egypt instead of Canaan. But down into Egypt, he picked up some things. He picked up some cows. Down in Egypt, he lied about his wife being his sister. Down in Egypt, he was drawn away from God. Down in Egypt, he picked up a maid for his wife a gift, a woman called Hagar. 
A little later on, we'll see that Hagar called, caused great problems in the life of Abraham. Those cows created problems in the life of Abraham and Lot. And though Abraham went into Egypt for just a little while, just to show, sojourn there for a little while, he picked up some things in the world that would cause him problems for the rest of his life and are even causing us problems today. In this test with reference to his food, God wanted to know, did Abraham believe that God loved him? Even though he was sending him to a place of famine, God still loved Abraham. And God would provide for him. Even though there was famine there, God would provide and take care of him. God would get him through this difficult set of circumstances in his life if he would trust God. But Abraham chose not to, and he went aside, and he turned into Egypt. So this morning we find that God tested Abraham with reference to his family. He tested the fervor of his faith. God tested him with reference to his food. He tested him with the sufficiency of his faith. And the third one, and we'll come back to that later, Abraham's test with reference to his fellowship. And God tests the humility of his faith. How are you doing this morning with these tests that God gives to you? Has God tested you with, in relation to your family? Remember, he said, if we love father and mother and children more than him, we're not worthy of him. Has he tested you in relation to your food? Will God provide for you? Will God take care of you? Are we willing to trust him? Even though the circumstances, the famine didn't look very good, but God would have still taken care of Abraham. Just like he took care of those men on the ship as he told them to cross to the other side of, Jude, of, of the Sea of Galilee, the storm came and God saw them safely to the other side. See, he had told them to go to the other side. He had already said, you're going to get there. They had to trust him and he helped him through it. Could I say to you this morning, whatever the circumstances in your life and the tests that come to your life, you can trust God. Amen? And sometimes we'll pass with flying colors. Sometimes we'll pass with maybe a B or a C. Sometimes there's some tests we fail miserably. But God brought Abraham out of Egypt and into Canaan, and God did keep his promise. He blessed him in a tremendous way. And God will bless you. God always keeps His promises. Amen? But God will test us in our faith. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we thank You for the tests in life. We don't necessarily pray for testing, but because we know the purpose of it, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. You're maturing and preparing and developing us for your purpose that you have in our life. And whatever we're going through now is to help us to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us this morning to be encouraged. Abraham, a great man of faith, sometimes failed. Abraham, a great man of faith, sometimes passed but didn't do it exactly right. Sometimes he failed miserably but you were still with him. And he's still called the father of faith. May you make us great men and women of faith who will pass the test that you bring in our lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name.
Amen.